This is the Sports with Teeth podcast. Podcasting live, your hosts, Kyle Washington and Alex Warnicky. Welcome back to the Sports with Teeth podcast. My name is Alex Warnicky. Joining me, as always, my co host from Seattle, Washington, Kyle Washit. Kyle, long time no pod. Uh, missed last week due to some, some scheduling conflicts here, but uh, we're back. We're ready to go and uh, coming off win against the Buffs and heading into a big game against UCLA. How you doing, bro? I'm doing awesome, man. It's a huge game uh, this weekend, UCLA. Um, always always a big game against the Bruins. Haven't beat them in a while, so it'd be real nice to uh, to get a W up here in Seattle for that one. I got a little coffee in me, jamming some the new T-Swift album, uh, watching a little Maction. Oh, yeah. That'll get me ready for a podcast. I'm all kinds of fired up for this show. Uh, don't don't you know all that fired up you've got in you don't shake that off Kyle <laughs> oh don't I'm not that shaking off. that off <laughs> not a chance <laughs> but yeah last week we missed kind of mostly because of the World Series how was it down in uh, San Francisco for that uh pretty crazy man I got I actually got the opportunity to go to uh game five of the World Series down here and uh it was it was great great atmosphere down in San Francisco mm-hmm. they love their Giants down here um was actually downtown right next to to the ballpark uh when they clinched it in game seven well let's let's talk and, about game uh, five a little bit first that was uh that was the Baumgartner yeah. shutout right yes yeah the nine nine inning Baumgartner shutout Four hitter uh, whew, man that was very <laughs> very impressive I I think you texted me afterwards and said we won't see another athletic performance like that no that was like after that. He, that was then amazing. then two days later and or yeah. three days later on two days rest he goes out and throws five innings of shutout ball in game seven unbelievable yeah i texted a bunch of people going you know i always thought that vince young against usc back in the uh 06 national championship was the greatest all-time individual performance i've ever seen but i think Baumgartner might take the cake there with that what he did in that world series yeah you kind of expected Baumgartner to come out of the bullpen and you know maybe get two three innings at most Max, uh, maybe, maybe like, like one or two maybe like maybe like f- like 30 40 pitches he comes out and just shuts it down he's 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 a good old alabama boy uh he is not gonna tell you even if he is hurt and he didn't even look no like he was tired at all he was he had the adrenaline going absolutely and, uh, sure. unhittable and they, they didn't even have anyone warm enough in that bullpen what an unbelievable performance from him uh fun 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 baseball to watch i was re- kind of rooting for the royals personally but in that game seven eight, you, you really couldn't root against history when you're watching a performance like that right and i mean both of those i mean when you've got bumgarner on one side and you've got the you know the Royals, who are kind of the, the, the forgotten franchise, <laughs> uh, besides the Mariners, and and they've got their bullpen. Yeah. And, um, you know that was that was going to be a good World Series, no matter what. So, Great series. Um, pretty cool to experience <laughs> it down here. Uh, all right, Kyle. New news for us. Big news for yeah. us. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have checked out our uh, our Facebook or our Twitter recently, but we have a new logo Woo-hoo. and a new design. Uh, going on on both of our social media sites. We're working on getting it up on our website as well. Uh, features a new design by one of my good friends and friend of the podcast, Lauren Nielsen. Uh, she is, I believe she just left her job as a uh, designer for Boeing. I, can't, I, I might be wrong about that, uh, but she's a professional designer, does some amazing work. Uh, if you guys want to check her out, her website is laurennielsendesign.com. That's L A U R E N N N. Sorry, two N's there. I E L S E N design.com. Kind of nice. hard to get, well, it, get it out. Link, there, but, link uh, that up on the Facebook. Thank you so much, Lauren. Really appreciate it. Love the new logo. It gives us a little edge, too. I like it. Yeah, we'll get that linked up on this post. Uh, get some ad credit thrown at that bad boy. And uh, you guys can check her out when you see the podcast up. All right, Kyle. Time to get into it. UW 38, Colorado 23. A game that I couldn't watch live because uh, I was over in Moraga, California, showing my brother around the campus of uh, St. Mary's College, actually, Mm. um, on uh, Saturday morning there. But uh, just caught the replay a couple minutes ago. Um, Pretty much a tale of two halves. Rough start in the first half, and then the second half, 
it's uh it's good old husky football like we know and love it yeah you'd like you'd like to see them come out and put everything together for a full 60 minutes but you know on the road in conference uh getting a 15 point win really can't have too many complaints about it rough start uh there especially for the defense they got sliced up early in the ball game yeah absolutely one of the things i kind of noticed was that uh Sifo Lufau was not even targeting Marcus Peters at all. He was going to the opposite side of the field against Sidney Jones mm-hmm. almost almost the entire game he was doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So Sidney Jones kind of gets kind of gets torched one or two times. Uh, buffs go out after the UW three and out to start the game. Uh, buffs go down and score a touchdown and um, <coughs> went down actually 10-0 uh, after just some some pretty poor tackling all around. And then uh, a couple, couple just gashing plays, uh, especially by uh, D.D. Cooper for the uh, for the buffs down there. So um, rough way to start, but you know, luckily that didn't carry over to the rest of the game. Yeah, I think I think the tackling, especially early in that first quarter, was just absolutely pathetic. Uh, the guys looked like they were still asleep there in Boulder for the what was it, eleven o'clock uh, Mountain Time start. So uh, they obviously took them a little while to wake up because they they were just not tackling people those first couple drives. Get down in the hole ten zero, and then Shaq really starts to take over in the running game as he played the entire game as our our featured running back. Yeah, get ready for more of that, Kyle. It's that's what's going to be happening for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think Shaq Thompson plays another play on defense, honestly, for the rest of the season. Um, he has just shown that he's. I just had to do it. That's not fun. Keep going. Well, I, th- I think he actually is going to play some defense this week. Uh, they talked about how he kind of wants to get back over there. Um, he is he is going to be still featured as our starting running back, but I think they're going to try and work him in at a few key series um, on the defensive side of the ball. I know we had a Facebook question from my good friend Brooks Archer. Um, let me pull that up right here. He he wanted to the, the obvious talk like Shaq at linebacker, or running back. As much as I love him at running back, I like or as much as I love him at linebacker, I like the move to running back because it gives us another guy that can take it to the house on every play. And you know he he really did that uh, did that in this game here. Um, on that fourth down when uh silent miles pitched it to him on the option yeah that's a new little uh new little wrinkle that chris peterson's kind of installed into this offense you saw it a few times uh and he just took it to the house it was mm-hmm. uh hit the hole and go yeah 's the Shaq Thompson touchdown drops getting to play it for the sixth time this year on a sixth touchdown uh, second second on the offensive side of the ball and uh, he, he caught that pitch Siler timed it perfectly he's running downhill there's no one that's gonna t- touch Shaq Thompson yeah you know I one of the things I really noticed about him during this game is that he's just absolutely uh, learned how to hit the hole with reckless abandon mm. um, he picks he picks one spot and he's going there. <laughs> And uh, I, I wouldn't want to get in his way. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Yeah. God help you if you want to get into that guy's <laughs> way, because he's going to deliver a little punishment to you. Yeah. The uh, I think they're calling him a running backer now. So a little hybrid between the two positions. <laughs> I like it. He, uh, I like he it. carried the ball 15 times to the tune of 174 yards for those scoring at home. That's 11.6 yards per carry. 11.6 yards per carry. That's over a first down every time he touches the football on average. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, and and he was at he was at one forty three in the first half. Yeah, uh, I didn't really beat him in the second half because we kept getting those yeah. uh, non offensive touchdowns. But yeah, he had a great. He kept us in it really when the defense wasn't playing that great. He kept us in it by uh, allowing us to move the ball a couple timely uh, deep balls um, also. But you know, just in spite of that. Uh, Colorado scored again to make it 17 to 7, down 10 in the second quarter. That Nelson Spruce, the receiver, really killed us on a lot of uh, curl routes. Great technical route runner. Uh, he caught the ball 13 times for 138 yards, and uh, we, we really had a tr- tr- hard time stopping some of those precision routes uh, in the first half there. Yeah, I noticed the commentators were kind of keying in on it too throughout <clears> the game, and, you know, just they, talk, they said they talked about it in, uh, before the game to him, you know, asked him what's his favorite route. And he said it was that, that on the sideline comeback route mm-hmm. or the little curl mm-hmm. um, because, you know, he's just such, he's so good with his feet. He sells the go route and then knows how to drop his <coughs> hips and come back to get to the ball. So uh, he, w- he was pretty impressive again, mm-hmm. though. He was also going against Sidney Jones quite a mm-hmm. bit. I mean, not to disparage Sidney's talent or anything, but he wasn't going up against 
the monster that is Marcus Peters. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think Sidney Jones has done a great job, or not a great job, a pretty good job developing this year. He's definitely playing a lot better at that as a true as a true freshman at that other starting corner spot. That's tough to do in the Pac-12 with all these high prolific passing offenses. So um, obviously we're not trying to beat up on him, but it, when you got a first first round pick on the other side, teams are going to pick on that that weaker side. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that he's had, uh, you know, he's shown flashes that he has the talent, he has the athletic ability Mm -hmm. to make some really solid plays. It's just a question of recognizing it. And that'll come with more experience. Mm -hmm. I I know it will. It always does, especially when you're a true freshman. Um, Hard to make that leap from the high school to college game. And you see him, you see him making, taking little steps, little steps every game, improving Mm -hmm. every game, uh, which is something you definitely want to see. Uh, in that in that young young husky defensive secondary yeah definitely and as, as the game progressed we traded field goals it's 20 to 10 uh they kicked their field goal with about two minutes left in the first half and uh the offense gets the ball back for a huge drive uh, as they take it down to score a touchdown there to make it a three-point game at halftime. Uh, the touchdown was on a nice sure-handed catch by Kendall Taylor on a, on a little post route. He's getting a lot of looks, playing pretty well at that receiver position, but the big play on that drive um, had to be the 41-yard screen pass to... I mean, he did, did a little hurdling, not, ran some guys over. It looked like he almost was going to take that ball to the house. That was an unbelievably athletic play and a big play to spark that uh, that drive with the two minutes left. Yeah, he kind of takes it down the <clears throat> sideline there and uh, and really makes some great athletic plays. But like you said, Kendall Taylor coming up with a very, very strong reception, a mm-hmm. uh, little slant route uh, that he just, you know, side of miles threw a little bit behind him, had to fight off the defen- the defensive back. And, uh, you know, really kept those strong hands in there to uh, grab the ball. Interesting, interesting, Kyle, that uh, it's Kendall Taylor. It's it's uh, Pettis. Dante Pettis. It's, no, I was just going to mention you know, that, you know, t- it's not it's it's not it's not Kaysen. It's not John Ross. It's not Jadon Mickens. It's, mm-hmm. it's a couple of unheralded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of grinder guys that are getting mm-hmm. these touchdown receptions. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I think I, I had it scheduled to talk about that a little later on, but hell, we can get right into it right now. Um, you know, Peterson said in his press conference this week it, that one, well, one that Ross has been a little bit banged up, so that's the reason we haven't seen him on the field. But also, he puts a ton of ton of stock into what goes on in practice, what we don't see, and uh, I think it's pretty clear that the Taylors and the Campbells and uh you know dante pettis we finally saw it on the field with him but those guys are, are doing it in practice all week and uh some of the, the guys would be more of the star type guys of the mickens and the in the case and williams is they're not they're probably not doing it during practice so he, he and he's rewarding those guys with playing time that are doing it during practice yeah absolutely i mean that's a chris peterson philosophy right there uh you know he he's not going to go off of your your star rating he's shown <laughs> mm-hmm. that you know, over and over again, he's going to go off the guys who are going to give him the most effort and the most, uh, you know, the most want to. And if that's not your star player, then, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to get the ball. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of said in, in his press conference on Monday that, you know, he's not, he doesn't believe in the term like he, he, oh, he's a gamer. You know, he can just not practice and come out and, uh, you know, kick butt on Saturday, you know, beast mode and Brett Favre might disagree with that, but, uh, you know, that's his <laughs> philosophy. And I think it's, it's part of a culture change that, that we're all adjusting to, you know, we're seeing some of these growing pains, um, because he wants to install this culture where everyone has to practice as hard as can be. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter what you did last season or what you did, you know, with the, the old regime. It's it's what you did that week in practice. And are you getting better from week to week? So ultimately, that's a good thing. Is it keeping some of our talent off the field right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, do I think that uh, Kendall Taylor is a better receiver than Casey Williams? No, but uh, obviously he's getting rewarded for what he's doing uh, from Sunday to Friday when we don't see the guys on the field. Absolutely, very mm-hmm. important uh, little piece of information going mm-hmm. forward there. Although with, uh, Kendall Coach Kendall Pierce Taylor and... is a good player, you know he he came in as oh, a, yeah, he absolutely. came in as kind of a slot running back type guy. Um, Two years, there's like three years ago, I guess, and redshirted last season because of some injuries. Uh, back this year at the receiver position, he's he's played pretty well. Number thirteen, uh, I think he's he's got a, definitely got a future of him in the next couple of years here at uh, at the UW. Absolutely, all right, Kyle. They so the Huskies go into halftime, uh, only limiting a three point lead for Colorado, which was really important. Yeah, definitely um, getting huge, that last touchdown. Huge to was get huge. that last touchdown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I, I don't know what Chris Peterson said to the guys in the uh in in the halftime locker room uh you know i don't know if it 
was really like that. Like a lot of, you know, laymen like to think that it's a halftime speech. But Fire and brimstone. He, he had, <laughs> yeah. He had the guys ready to come out and play in the second half. Mm-hmm. And um, there was there was kind of a key moment, I think, in, in the second half, uh, right in the third quarter, where the kind of tides started to shift. Uh, yeah. We go down and get down to the goal line. And uh, unfortunately, could have could have punched it in right there um, after the first drive of the game or first drive of the half, which was Colorado getting the field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we drive it back down to the goal line and fumble right on the goal line. I believe it was uh, DeAndre Campbell that mm-hmm. let that ball go. Correct. They and, recover uh, in the end zone. Yeah, for a touchback, and then they come back out. They've got a little momentum going, and uh, and the defense just comes up huge. gets a gets a big strip tackle and. Uh, you know they they'd been moving the ball a little little ways. Actually, Mike McIntyre in his post game press conference said he thought that was the turning point of the game too, where uh, where they fumble right after that drive. Yeah. He thinks if they go in and there and they score, then they have a really good chance of winning that game. But after that play, they just mm-hmm. kind of let they just kind of let go. Yeah, huge huge play to get the the fumble right back. Um, then then we strike big play to Pettis. Uh, Big touchdown catch for him on just a little go route. We take the lead 24-23. Big day for uh, Dante Pettis, the true freshman out there. Wasn't wasn't super highly recruited. You know, it's like the 76th receiver in the country, but he's he's obviously been working his butt off in practice, showing off in a big way. A uh, long catch on the second drive of the game, uh, you know, and also had a punt, big punt return later in the game uh, for a touchdown. So, uh, you know, big, big day for Dante Pettis. Uh, a lot of folks might remember his uh, another Pettis who played for Coach Peterson. That would be Austin Pettis. Uh, who's a star receiver at Boise State during the Kellen Moore run. Um, he also tried out for the Seahawks this week, didn't didn't make the squad, but uh, they're cousins, Dante Pettis and Austin Pettis. So a uh, little uh, all in the family there for Coach Peterson. Uh, so pretty interesting there. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I was like, wasn't there a Pettis at Boise State yep. beforehand when their they're big, uh, <laughs> big Orange Bowl uh, victory over Oklahoma, I believe? Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. So, yeah, he was kind of uh, there. Yeah, the Fiesta Bowl, and then for the next few years when uh, Moore was there, he's, him and uh, Titus mm-hmm. Young were their big receivers. So, yes, interesting there. Uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching the game, so I had to look it up and uh, had to dig deep into like some of the uh, Scout.com archives, but I figured all that out. So that was cool. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, so the next uh, after that after that big touchdown pass and catch by uh, by Pettis there, uh, two plays later, Travis Feeney. Comes up with a big pick six, just watching Sefo Lufau's eyes, and uh, pretty pretty easy pick in my opinion. Uh, five minutes left in the third quarter, and the Huskies are just rolling. Yeah, yeah. We talked about those curl routes. Nelson Spruce ran the curl route with the outside receiver. Um, Feeney was locked up on the guy on the inside. He ran a little slant, but he kind of came off that route, jumped underneath the curl route that we saw all that first half that Spruce killed us on. Jumps underneath that, picks it to the house. Uh, that really iced it, I thought, for us. I mean, we're obviously only still up by a score, but but really the momentum after the, that f- the sequence there you talked about, the fumble, Pettis catches the TD, Feeney takes it back for six. Uh, huge, huge right there. Yeah, you got to think that was a coaching point that uh, that he got coached up on mm-hmm. during halftime because, you know, they put Sidney Jones over there on uh, on Nelson Spruce, and then you know Travis Feeney is just kind of lurking, mm-hmm. lurking in the in the tall grass right there, <laughs> uh, watching the eyes, and he uh, he gets makes a big play, yep. um, makes a pretty pretty athletic catch in my opinion yeah, too. Yeah, very so, nice catch. Um, I mean, it was it was easily read, I think, but it was not easily. That's executed, a catch that you so. see a lot of linebackers drop and kind of hands on their yep. head, like, oh, I had six there, and th- those are the plays you got to make if you want to win win games on the on the road in conference. You got to make those plays. We saw that it didn't happen down at Oregon, um, and we ended up losing obviously that wasn't the only thing but you know we digress uh <laughs> after after that uh, we pick up a fumble on a on a kick return and then uh we can't get any points off that but austin pettis a big punt return uh for a touchdown the first punt return from a husky player since 2003 when charles frederick did it against oregon state uh big play from the true freshman and war i think we have a drop uh, for some special teams or there's three phases to every football game Offense, defense, and the kicking game. Oh, Kyle, you're killing me. I, I thought we were going to get the celebrate oh, good times. I forgot. About, that was the ominous mm-hmm. one for uh, for Colorado. Here we go. Here we go. Or there's three phases to every football game. Offense, defense, and the kicking game. 
Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Finally got that one right. There we go. Uh, yeah, special teams <laughs> factor here as we uh, end up stretching that lead out, um, finish off the ball game, thirty-eight to twenty-three, holding the, the Buffaloes to only three points in that second half. I thought that was key, um, really getting the defense going, um, along with some big plays from our special teams, from our defense, from uh, uh, Dante Pettis. So uh, big, big second half for us as we we get the fifteen-point victory on the road in Folsom Field in Boulder, Colorado. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Pac-12 win on the road, pretty tough to come by, Kyle. Uh, it's it, it hasn't happened a lot for the Huskies in the past few years. Um, I think you have written down here that Steve Sarkeesian only had f- seven in his five years as Washington yeah. head coach. I dropped that um, stat on people a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and I think that's the, that's the one that I've heard the most from people. Like, holy cow, that's eye-opening because seven wins – in conference on the road in five years we got two this year um you know hopefully we can pick up another one in pullman and uh possibly down in the desert in tucson as well yeah absolutely i believe the pac-12 at this point is something like like 23 or 24 and 12 on the road uh which is just insane a lot yeah, of oh, in the road in the conference yeah just t- yeah, crazy in, in conference games uh-huh. no these so. teams are just beating up on each other it's insane yeah, uh-huh. cannibalism conference 101 right here. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the game. This game as a whole, um, I think there are some some concerns going forward. It was good to get the win. Um, obviously, you don't want them to come out and look like they did in the first uh, 12, 15 minutes of that mm-hmm. game. Um, but overall, I think it, it, it was a net positive. Um, one of the biggest things has got to be the tackling issues. Yeah, uh, and that's something that got cleaned up a lot in the second half is when they gave it three points. But against a team like UCLA, against these good teams, you just can't you can't do that. You got to put everything together. It's like when you're when you're golfing. If you want to shoot a good round, you can't just play you know good for the front nine or good for the back nine. You got to play play good for that full eighteen. Um, you got to have your offense going. You got to have your defense going. So we got we got to really we really haven't played that complete game all year. Uh, and something that's good, would be really nice to see this weekend. Yeah, another little golf analogy. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you're putting yourself in a good position by by hitting you know good approach shots, and then all of a sudden you know it comes to the putting game and you three putt. It's yep. it's like you know you just can't do it. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. it's not something that that uh, is going to allow you to really be super competitive. Uh huh. Yeah, consistency throughout is going to be cr- critical. I think ball security, um, three fumbles inside the thirty yard line. Uh, not going to get it done. Uh, two of those were uh, from Silent Miles. Non-contact fumbles, one on the snap, uh, another on an exchange with Shaq Thompson. Semi-understandable, um, the fact that he hasn't worked that much as a running back. So hard to read into that one, but Siler clearly needs to keep that ball a little bit tighter. Uh, he he doesn't really have the impetus. Uh, it doesn't seem like to control the ball because it's been an issue kind of all year. Yeah, there was another one that was almost a fumble that uh, it was a little, little pistol <laughs> snap. That uh, went right through Siler's hands. Luckily enough, you know Shaq Thompson being Shaq Thompson, he's right there to catch it, and I think he actually gets a gain out of it, which is a little bit insane. Yeah, insane. Just, he's too good, man. Just cannot. We just cannot stop playing that. It's <laughs> it's too too appropriate this week. Yeah, Shaq, he's the man. Uh, Siler Miles though was thirteen of nineteen, two hundred and six yards, two TDs, no picks. I know a lot of Husky fans are not huge. Um, Siler Miles fans, but uh, clearly those numbers are good enough to get a win. Um, still does not have the arm strength we, we'd like to see out of our quarterback. Um, I still believe he's our best option going forward this year. Um, what say you? You know, it's hard to tell because there are some very talented kids coming out of uh, of high school, and we have a couple guys redshirted as well mm-hmm. that are that will be coming in. Well, I'm, to... I'm I'm talking about this this season as well. I think oh, they're our this best year. option. Yeah. This year, yeah, I think I think you're right. I th- I do think he's our best option this year for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I mean, you're right. He doesn't really have the ball security, especially on the ground. Um, he's got the ball security through the air, which is mm-hmm. nice. That's only, kind of because only the he's one not, pick on the year. But yeah, he's not yeah. he's not pushing it. He's at not all. really throwing it in a, into any dangerous situations, mm-hmm. or they're not asking him to do that. Totally. So, um, but he doesn't <laughs> have the ball security on the ground. Um, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about was. Do you think he thinks he's more athletic than he is? Because there were a couple times where he, you know, would would uh, pull the ball on a read option or or try and scramble in out of the pocket, and the holes just closed on him. Like, I mean, 
I mean, I think he might be a little bit too confident of a runner. This is a guy who was, I'm sure, coming out of high school, just could outrun everybody on mm-hmm. the field, well, and he's not able to do that anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sold on Siler as a runner, um, totally. I, I think he's a decent runner. Uh, he can obviously do it. He's not slow by any means, but I don't, I don't think he's, you know, obviously he's not as good a runner as Lindquist or Locker or something. So I don't know. I, I'd like to see him. You know, I think they're running him about the right amount right now. I don't know if I'd say that uh, he's trying to do too much with the ball. Um, I do think I do think going forward this year, we we saw Troy Williams. It's hard to judge what he did against uh, Arizona State, um, but I think it's pretty clear that Miles is is the leader here. Next year, I think is a, a whole other story because we haven't seen him really take grasp of this job. I think you got KJ Carter Samuels, the red shirt freshman this year. Um, he'll be he'll be in the mix next year as well as Jake Browning, who's uh, the heralded recruit coming in out of Northern California. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's anybody's job to win mm-hmm. next year. I, there's especially with Chris Peterson, he's not the kind of guy that's gonna you know say, oh well, Siler Miles started a bunch last year. Let's keep mm-hmm. him in there, especially with some of his off the field issues as well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. Um, so it's clearly anybody's job next yeah, year. We'll be it's watching that. Of, we'll be watching that for sure all throughout the off season. Sure. Lots yeah. of time to talk about that. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But long term, I don't know about miles for the for the dogs. We'll see. I'd love to see him uh, develop into something good. But another issue for us, I think two two of eleven on third down. That's not going to get the job done. Uh, Colorado going eleven of twenty one, but they were nine of eleven in the first half. So that's when they really did their damage. Sure, some things up. Defense got off the field, and it's funny when you get off the field as a defense they don't score yeah and it's something that you know kind of builds on itself it's momentum it's Mm -hmm. you know get off the field once and you feel like you can do it again uh especially if it's a three and out or or you know maybe they get one first down and that's Mm -hmm. it um so good to see them really buck it up in the uh in the second half there um another thing uh Haley Kikaha does get a sack at the Mm -hmm. end of the game but he uh the the pass rush just wasn't really there. I don't know if that's kind of a a, a caveat because it's something that that uh, I think Colorado really prepared for, and they uh, and they you know they they game planned around that pass rush. So yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's like a couple a things there. Deal. Colorado is tops one of the top in the conference at, at allowing the least amount of sacks, basically. So their their offensive line is good there. They have that quick rhythm passing game. So they they don't give up a lot of sacks normally. I thought we we definitely did a better job in the second half of getting uh, Sefa Lufau off his spot. Um, but yeah, the pressure wasn't wasn't there like as dominant as we expected. We've come to expect it to with our defense. But Kikaha sure. does get that. I think that's his 15th game in a row with a sack, which is just ridiculous. Sets the all-time Monster. all-time uh, single-season record uh, already with four games to play. So he's he's clearly a dominant stud on that defensive line. And I uh, expect him to have a big game this coming week against a pretty poor UCLA defense. Absolutely. One other thing I want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball. UCLA offensive uh, line, excuse me. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I, I've heard that I haven't really seen it. I didn't see it in this game. I, maybe it happened in this game late, but did I hear it right? Uh, Chris Medawar, friend of the podcast, telling me that John Ross is getting some looks in the defensive backfield. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play it during the game. He he has in practice. They talked about it a lot um, in the press conferences early on this week. Um, played played a little defensive back for us uh, last year in the final three games of the season and the bowl game. If you guys will remember, uh, he I mean, he's a player. You know, you got to get him on the field. Uh, it, it seems like he hasn't he hasn't got as many touches recently. I guess that's been an issue all year. But it's, it sounds like he's been limited in practice with an injury. And like we talked about, Coach Pete uh, really putting the emphasis on uh, playing in practice during the playing time. So apparently he's back healthy, and they are are utilizing him a little bit in that nickel spot. Um, something to, something to look at. And anytime you can get an athlete like that on the field, I I think you can't go wrong. Yeah, I was telling Chris on the phone last night that uh, you know who would have thought that you know this at this point in the season that Shaq Thompson would be you know an an all Pac-12 caliber running back and John <laughs> Ross maybe switch into the defensive side of the ball quite the blockbuster trade us, there <laughs> told us that in the beginning of the season I would have said what what are you smoking <laughs> <laughs> it is Seattle yeah. uh, so, all right Kyle. another another uh news I think we kind of talked about already Shaq Thompson gonna continue as a running back but looks to get some more snaps on the defensive side of the ball um depending on 
length of series, and it's kind of hard to make a specific game plan. But he is gonna he's gonna play a little more defense, which he hasn't done the past two weeks, going full time exclusively offense. Yeah, we'll see. They're they're kind of starting to to kind of diversify his role, mm-hmm. um, especially in the offense, which I think is a, is a great thing. He's getting some passes out of the backfield. Uh, he's staying in to block well, a little bit more. Finally right? getting finally getting some time on the offensive side of the practice, right. and so he can do he instead of having four plays that he knows how to run, which are all run left, run right, uh, play action, and screen pass. Basically, that's what he had for the first you know when he do one series a game. Now he has he's able to get more of the playbook, um, so he can learn some pass protection stuff. Uh, they can use him as a decoy more. So I think you're only going to see his role in the offense grow as he gets more reps in practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good to see. All right, Kyle. Um, all this talk about last week's game left me left me a little parched. Yeah, my mouth is uh, kind of dry. Do you, what do you say we do this? When you need that frothy refreshment, it's time for Sports with Teeth Beer of the Week. Give me a cold beer here. Oh, man, that's good. Beer of the Week. Beer of the Week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the sound of victory right there. Uh, <laughs> Road conference victory. It's the return of Sports of Teeth Beer of the Week, our weekly segment where we will both review uh, a beer unto ourselves. Um, had a lot of fun with this with this uh, in the past few weeks. Uh, oh, yeah. It's been a been a good one for us so mm-hmm. uh why don't you start us off uh, and tell us what's what's filling your glass over there yeah i actually finally gra- remember to grab beer this week so i have the ballast point brewing company sculpin ipa it's an ipa out of san diego seven percent alcohol by volume a uh, really nice ipa big floral bouquet uh, on the nose uh great ipa they just just started distributing about a year ago up here in seattle um you can find it just about anywhere it is a little spendy i think it was like eight bucks for this uh 22 ouncer so uh well worth the price though in my opinion uh big smell uh really really kind of a little bit sweet too which i'm not a huge like sweet fan but it really blends well with hoppy flavor so i would highly recommend the uh sculpin ipa from ballast point yeah that's a good one i've i've uh i've been a fan of sculpin for quite a while mm-hmm. there down out of uh, san diego down there really the uh one of the IPA capitals of the world. Yeah, another, um, and know. shout out to uh, our boy from San Diego, Fratty Patty, who uh, oh, apparently yeah. apparently knows the owners of the brewery here. So uh, uh, maybe they can uh, send us up some uh, Ballast Point uh, gear slash uh, maybe, beer. Uh, maybe Fratty could send us up some Ballast Point. I there, don't know. Go. there we go. Uh, another Be beer a good friend, I, Pat. Another, Be a good friend. Another beer that I really like from Ballast Point, uh, their Even Keel Session IPA. It's like a 3% mm-hmm. uh ipa big flavor but uh good for a little you know day drinking maybe a little tailgating uh keep you a nice even keeled so uh hence the name but uh you kind of have one of those uh session beers tonight as well yeah i do i'm i'm rolling with the uh, mavericks brewing uh rye pale ale mm-hmm. uh, mavericks brewing out of just about 15 minutes down the road from me in uh half moon bay have California. you visited the brewery before i have not but no. i'm going to after drinking this beer this <laughs> is a fantastic beer uh really enjoying it over the course of this podcast uh 3.75 percent um alcohol by volume so very sessionable um good good flavor or why don't you tell uh, the listeners what sessionable means maybe they don't know uh yeah sessionable means that um it means kind of what it sounds like it means you can have a session of drinking these without getting too crazy drunk. If you drink three or four of Kyle's Ballast Point Sculpin IPAs, you're going to get a little bit toasted. But if you have three or four of these uh, Half Moon Bay Mavericks Brewing Rye Pale Ales, you're uh, not going to feel it too much. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a good beer that you can drink all day long. Um, you can, you can kind of sip on it, you know, you can, or you can drink it as fast or as slow as you want. It's not really going to hit you as hard as some of the other beers out there. So, um, to just to illustrate that point, I'm, I've got two of them for today's podcast. <laughs> Bad um, boy, because you know I'm used to drinking, <laughs> you know, the, the eight point five, the nine percent uh, imperial IPAs, and that, you know, there you go. Might as well, might as well keep myself regular, Kyle. 
Yeah, there's like swing that those uh, IPAs, the big ones are kind of like swinging a baseball bat with a donut on, mm-hmm. and the rye pale ale is like swinging a fungo bat. It's hollowed out. So there you go, <laughs> right yeah, on. Solid, solid beer, brew though. I'm uh, I'm gonna have to go down and uh, find them. Maybe this weekend. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll report back. The, report uh, back next week. The uh, rye in there. Big fan of the rye. It gives it a nice spicy flavor, especially here in the winter. Yeah. A little bit of spice ain't ain't too bad in a brew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you want to uh, talk about the UCLA ball game? Uh, kind of do. I need to uh, run and grab my charger, but how about you introduce this, and I'll be right back in a hot second. <laughs> All right, guys. The uh, Huskies uh, staying at home this week uh, to play UCLA and the Bruins. Jim Morris' team returns to Seattle for the first time as an opposing coach. Morris will be with the Huskies. A four-and-a-half-point line favoring the Bruins and a 4 p.m. Pacific kickoff time on Fox Sports 1. Um, I'm back. I, I hear, hear Kyle back there, so <laughs> leaving me riding solo here for a sec. That's okay. Uh, so, yeah, Jim Moore's team returning to Seattle for the first time uh, as an opposing coach after leaving the UW and the Seahawks. So uh, third season uh, at UCLA for Mora and uh, still yet to visit Montlake. Yeah, this is his first game back. Uh, obviously, the former linebacker for the Huskies in the early 80s once famously called uh, UW his dream job while he was the coach of the Atlanta Falcons and that if they were in a playoff yes. race he and the UW job came uh, open, he'd be there first in line outside of Scott Woodward's office with a resume in hand. So uh, uh, he was clearly at the top of the uh, – Top of the list last December after Sark left for SC, but uh, stayed down at UCLA due to the immense amount of talent uh, on his roster coming into the season this year. Yeah, I believe that comment actually kind of kind of sparked his dismissal from uh, <laughs> it did. from Atlanta down there. So that was clearly not. I, I don't know if it was in jest or it was on sports radio up here with uh, with. I believe it was it was on KJR. Softy so. and uh, Millen. Yeah, exactly. And him, and, so, him and Hugh Millen are good friends. Uh, played together during their time at uh, Seattle or at uh, UW. So, yeah, it's yeah. kind of unjust, but uh, a little bit of truth. Uh, he ultimately spurns uh, Scott Woodward and the Huskies in December. Um, stays at UCLA. Hard to fault him for sticking with the program. Uh, definitely would have been a, a good fit up here, but I think we we got a, a solid solid option in Chris Peterson as well. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot of signs were pointing to him coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, Talks were getting but, hot there for a minute. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's tough to leave, especially when you've got a really good team, which, I I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of us thought he did at that point. I mean, they're I had him in my They're still a pretty darn good team. Yeah, you're still good. You had him in the final four him, going at the I start did, of the year. I did for quite a while. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. they're not there anymore if you've been listening. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he had a good he had a good kind of setup down there in uh, Southern California tough to leave Westwood too. I mean, mm-hmm. Seattle's a great place. Uh, Westwood's also a great place. So, mm-hmm. um, I can see why he stayed, but you know, hopefully he, you know, he doesn't end up really regretting it maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, but, um, yeah, you know, we'll things, see. things haven't gone quite according to plan this season as they were in your top, top four. Lee Corso had him as his national champion going into the year preseason, uh, barely squeaked by Texas. I guess the first game against the season against Virginia, they looked poor. Then they barely squeaked by Texas on the Jerry Newheisel touchdown pass, drop games to Utah and get blown out by Oregon. Uh, and then they struggled to get past Cal and Colorado in back-to-back weeks, needing double overtime to beat Colorado. Yeah. Somehow they, they do blow out a top 10 ASU team um, and shut down a new Solomon last week in a big game and a big win against the Wildcats down in Arizona, uh, which, mm-hmm. which really actually helps ASU more than even <laughs> they would think. I mean, mm-hmm. ASU is kind of in the driver's seat right now. Totally. Um, uh, in so, the South. Yeah, no, this is, this is a UCLA team that's just hard to get a read on because they've looked so bad, uh, struggle on defense, even though they got highly touted players. You got Miles Jack. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Drink to that. Um, you have Eddie, Eddie Vanderdose uh, on the defensive line. You got Ishmael Adams, stud at cornerback. Ed Kendricks, fifth-year senior uh, player, could be the player, defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Um, really good, really good linebacker. But they, they just haven't put up the numbers. Aside from the, I think their defense is kind of rounding into form, holding their an Arizona high-powered Arizona team to only seven points last week. Yeah, their uh, their offensive line just not really playing as well as it could be. Um, pretty porous this this year, making Hunley pretty uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, and even getting him injured uh, here and there. So it's going to be really important for that 
touted Husky uh, pass rush to get home, mm-hmm. uh, especially the likes of Haole Kikaha, um, to really make their presence felt this week and, and keep the Bruins out of the end zone. Yeah, I think containing Hunley is going to be critical. Um, while he hasn't dazzled kind of like we thought he would, we thought it, you know he's a preseason Heisman contender, you know, possible number one pick. Uh, he hasn't looked that great. I think I think he's talked about a lot of the pressure kind of got to him. Maybe went to his head. Um, he's settled down. Uh, he's still averaging over 250 yards per game through the air. Also 60 on the on the ground. So he's he's a dual threat guy. Um, gonna stand in the pocket and pass. Uh, he's got the big arm, the prototype typical size and arm, but he also has that running dimension. So he's very dangerous that way. And I, we've said the Huskies have struggled against the mobile quarterbacks, the the Marcus Mariotas, the Vernon Adams from Eastern Washington. We haven't shut down a mobile quarterback this year aside from taylor kelly kind of but that game was played in the monsoon so it's hard to judge on that so really mm-hmm. shutting down containing him uh in the running game is going to be critical going to be tough to do um and probably where the game's decided absolutely when hunley's not rolling out of the pocket or uh, throwing there he's got uh, running back and paul perkins to hand the ball off to mm-hmm. he's uh second in the conference over a thousand yards already this season mm-hmm. uh this guy's a special player yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a pretty solid running back. I think in the, in the last few games, they've looked for Hundley to run a little bit more. Um, that's been pretty effective in uh, in a couple wins. So interesting there. Another another guy to really watch for. Big play threat. Big receiver number nine, Jordan Payton. This guy's a UW commit. Uh, I think we were at a uh, Husky basketball game when he was taking a visit, and we started chanting his name. Um, but uh, then he committed after that and then switched at the last minute to UCLA. So uh, interesting there. But he, he's he's really turned into a pretty, pretty solid ball player as a receiver um, out there for, for Brett Hundley. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, the big story this week is going to be two names, and we might we might amend our Miles Jack drinking game. <laughs> It might be the Miles Shaq drinking game. Oh man! If you're on, a, oh. if you're watching on TV and you want to play that, you won't make it through the first quarter. Remember, remember what I was saying about sessionable beers. Get a really, <laughs> really sessionable beer. You need for like that a one. O'Doul's for to play this drinking <laughs> game, <laughs> and you might still black out. <laughs> yeah, the big story is Shaq versus Jack. Jack versus Shaq. The two uh, most famous, most prominent two-way players in college football going up against each other. Um, Going to be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, why not? I mean, both of these guys are very special athletes. You, everybody will remember uh, last year when Miles Jack just absolutely torched the Huskies Four on both sides of the ball. Uh, we created the Miles Jack drinking game, and things were things were never the same for this podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they're both just incredible players, uh, and it's going to be. I, I'm I'm really looking forward. I hope that you know they're matched up in the open field, and we get to see you know, which one wins on multiple occasions. Yeah. Just, just be great. Miles Jack as well. Um, you guys remember he's out of Bellevue high school. So local kid coming back to Seattle, you know, he's going to be fired up for this game. He was last year for those four touchdowns and a lot of lip service afterwards. Uh, everyone's downplaying that, but you know, you know, that's a little bulletin board material. And I think that Husky defense is really going to want to hit him in the mouth. Yeah. Chris Peterson wasn't here, but these players were definitely here and mm-hmm. they definitely remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, that's not something that's going to go away. They're going to be watching the game film from last year, this week, mm-hmm. and they're going to remember how he was so, uh, so, you know, just out there and, uh, talking on the sidelines, getting people pumped up. And, uh, he's, he's, he's got a little bit of a target on his back this week. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, war it's, I think it's that time. Uh, who you got Kyle? This is a big game for the Huskies moving forward. Um, I was also talking with Chris Medawar last night. You know, we've got four games left in the regular season here. We've got UCLA, Arizona, Oregon State, and Washington State left to play. I think we all believe that Oregon State and Washington State are games that the Huskies should win. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a matter of pulling off one, possibly both, against UCLA and Arizona. Huskies don't play well down in the desert, and we got to go down to uh, Tucson to play the Wildcats. So this is probably the best shot the Huskies have of uh, taking this one of those two games. So uh, it's going to be a huge game. I think both teams are going to come up fired up. You know Jim Moore is going to have his team absolutely ready to go. Miles Jack's going to be ready to go. Um, That being said, I think the Huskies have a really, really good shot of winning this game. Mm -hmm. The matchups, I think, are pretty in favor of the dogs, I'd um, especially that. 
especially that offensive line of UCLA versus the defensive line of the Huskies. It's yeah, a, a matchup yeah. that I really think can work well in our favor. So I'm, and also I want, I also want to put out there the perfect time slot for this game, four o'clock at Husky stadium. Oh, We've talked about this in length. That's going to be, going to be ready to go. Yeah, it's supposed to be it's nice weather. Be loud, nice weather, but you know, nice little late afternoon. It'll be dark. Uh, by the end of the game, so uh, you'll get kind of that 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 twilight. Tonight. Get butterflies right now, or it's gonna be a good one, Kyle. I wish I could be up there for it. I should I should have booked a flight. Uh, <laughs> but I think the dogs are gonna win this one. I think it's I think it's gonna be relatively close. But I think the Huskies have a real shot of making a statement in this game. Yeah. I'm going Huskies thirty, UCLA fourteen. 30 to 14? Holy oh, Toledo. Yeah. Statement game, Kyle. I think for the dogs to put up 30, they're going to have to get a couple defensive scores, which from uh, watching the, this team all year, seven defensive touchdowns, you know that might happen. Uh, Possibility. I, I have a tendency to agree with the matchups that you've talked about. I believe that uh, our defensive line is going to dominate their offensive line. I think that's going to be critical. Uh, I think, I think like I said, the key is going to be containing Hunley. I think uh, you know, as far as a big picture view of this uh, this season, we've lost to uh, Stanford, Oregon, Arizona State. Last year, we lost to Stanford, Oregon, Arizona State, and UCLA. Uh, so you know, we got to buck that trend at some point, uh, unless uh, Russ Cole from True Detectives right, and life is just a flat circle and just keeps going, which would be <laughs> terribly depressing in my Great opinion. Great reference. Great reference. <laughs> um, so hopefully, we can buck that trend. Get a big win. You know, we talked about those toss-up games going into the season. This is one of them. We haven't won one yet. I think this is the day that we get off of Schneid. Shaq Thompson runs over Miles Jack. 200 yards on the ground for Shaq. Uh, Huskies get it done. 23-17. Lock it up. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Oh, oh man. I am furred up. Fired up. Can't wait. Cannot wait. All, All right. right. Let's, uh, let's do a little whip around here. Um we're we're running a little bit short on time, so uh, let's get through these pretty quick. Pack twelve. Um, start out. Start out in the pack twelve here. Um, pack oh, twelve, yeah, baby. Pack twelve anthem. Uh, <laughs> best conference in the country, maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's start off uh, in probably one of the bigger games uh, that we all kind of circled on our calendars this year didn't really end up being that much of a contest mm -hmm. number five oregon uh, goes down to the farm on stanford and uh just just has their way with the cardinal 45 to 16 um this was again another statement game saying that oregon's one of the best teams in this country uh they're probably going to make the playoffs barring mm -hmm. uh, a championship game loss mm -hmm. and uh you know Huge game for Mariota, huge game for uh, Royce Freeman again, uh, and just showing why they're 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 the cream of the crop in the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, Mariota looks to be the best player in the country. He wasn't quite as effective throwing the ball as we've seen him all year. Looked a little rattled, but again, Stanford's defense, passing-wise, is one of the best in the country. Uh, for him to put up 260 yards through the air, uh, 19 of 30. Uh, he had a he had a pretty good day through the air. Uh, key key here, Royce Freeman, uh, still a beast. Uh, 100 yards r rushing, 50 yards receiving. Mariota also went for 85 yards on the ground with two TDs. So, big game out of uh, those two guys, and this this is an offense that looks to be humming along. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's move on to some more big news, uh, some really unfortunate news. You know, we like to rip on the Cougs on this show. <laughs> Uh, but Connor Halliday goes down, ends his season, broken ankle, uh, broken, in a leg. To, broken leg, in Tim a 44 fit. to 17 yeah. loss against USC. Um, tough to see a senior and a guy who has had a fantastic season so far uh, go down like that, and uh, he'll be done for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, Halliday, uh, obviously a four-year starter there. Um, been been a really solid QB. He might he might be their all time passing leader. I would assume with his numbers that he's put up. Uh, really tough to see see a senior like that go down. He already had thirty eight hundred yards this year passing the ball, including the all time record for a single game. So as much as we like to rip on the Cougs, uh, tough to see that. USC though, Cody Kessler big day. Nelson Aguilar goes for over two hundred yards receiving. Uh, or USC, excuse me, not UCLA, but they're they're looking all right. 
Yeah, it's going to be rough for the for the Cougs moving forward too. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to pull up the rest of their schedule. I know they have the Huskies still. Well, they're officially uh, eliminated from bull eligibility with their seventh loss of the season. They're one and five in Pac-12 play. Not the season on the Palouse that the uh, Coug fans were hoping for. Yeah, they've got they've got at Oregon State uh, this weekend, and then at number nine Arizona State uh, two weekends after that, and then the Apple Cup mm-hmm. on the 29th. So. Uh, Pretty, pretty it's probable. Hard to probable, see. Hard I'd to say. see them winning one of those games. Yeah, they're. I don't. I think they're pretty much re-rack and uh, and, and we'll <laughs> see it. We'll see it next season. But I don't know. Mike Leach. People are starting to get a little frustrated. The Seems natives, a little warm. the natives are restless in Pullman with the mm-hmm. leech. Let me tell you that. Uh, another game. Uh, Rick Neuheisel touted this one as the Bull Bowl um, because the loser of this is probably not going to make a bowl. Winner probably will. California knocking off Oregon State, forty-five thirty-one. Uh, don't really have much else to say about that. Two decent, mediocre teams uh, in the Pac-12 North. But Cal, good for them. They're having a big year. Uh, now five and four uh, on the verge of bowl eligibility. Yeah, Daniel Lasco goes 30 carries, 188 yards, three touchdowns. That's probably the stat that jumps out at you. Um, running the ball? Well. Sonny Dykes bodes, running the ball? What? Yeah, ridiculous. What? Uh, bodes really well for the Huskies playing Oregon State, though. Uh, mm-hmm. And Shaq Thompson, you know he'll have some success on the ground there. So Yeah. Um, and the, tough season for uh, for Sean Mannion and, and the Beavs down there in Corvallis. Real rough here. Uh, I know. I know, um, no, my dad and my brother are not too uh, not too happy. Pleased, so yeah, and another guy, Mike Riley, kind of getting people are getting a little bit frustrated with uh, his lack of production. He's been there quite a while, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. You got a little mediocrity going there. Um, the other two big late night games, top twenty five matchups. We talked a little bit about UCLA knocking off Arizona seventeen to seven. I think that the key there was seeing UCLA's defense round back into form. Gave up a touchdown on the first drive. Didn't give up another point the rest of the game. Really shut down that that uh, rich route offense uh, with a new Solomon at the helm. Yeah, that that was a really interesting one to see. Uh, you didn't think that UCLA was going to win that game that way. Especially, especially against a really solid offensive Arizona mm-hmm. team. So, looking, um, looking at the stats here, uh, Brett Hundley, uh, 131 yards rushing. We talked about how he's been he's been running the ball more the last few games, and he had 24 carries. So, really watching him uh, on the on the designed run plays is going to be critical this coming week. Absolutely, and then the last game in the Pac-12 slate. Whew, uh, this is a week. good one. Oh, an OT, I believe. Was that the late game? That was I think the late game. Well, we had oh, the dueling late games. late games. Dueling late games with UCLA, Arizona, and Utah, Arizona State. I watched every minute of it. It was awesome. Greatest show on television. Late night Pac-12 football. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, number 14, Arizona State knocking off number 17, Utah. A surprising <coughs> Utah team this season. The uh, Utes. Doing pretty well. 19-16 uh, in overtime. Arizona State moving to seven and one, five and one in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. control their destiny for the uh, Pac-12 South Championship and moving forward the here. Final Four, possibly, and as well. quite possibly the Final Four. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game at uh, Levi Stadium this year. I, I mean, I think we're all projecting it's going to be Arizona State and uh, and Oregon, Oregon playing yeah. that game. Uh, I, I don't know Do you, if. If Arizona wins in the Territorial Cup, you think it, do they go? I believe that'd be head to head. They'd have the same record. It depends a lot on what happens with UCLA and USC as well, because then you're looking at a two-loss team uh, going. So it's hard to say there. Yeah, tough to tough uh-huh. to say, but I think yeah. I think Arizona State's in the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, definitely they control uh, their own destiny. This, this game, uh, overtime game. Uh, Utah had the lead 16-13, uh, almost had a pick on the last drive where Arizona was rolling down to kick the field goal to win it, uh, or to tie it to send it to overtime. Uh, in overtime, automatic Andy, the kicker for Utah, who'd booted a 50-yarder earlier in the game uh, and a 44-yarder. Uh, he misses a, a field goal, and then Arizona State makes a field goal to get squeak out with a win. Uh, interesting game here. Taylor Kelly... Not looking that great coming back, uh, you know, against the Huskies. He didn't look very great. Uh, that chalked that up to the win. But he was he definitely off a little bit with his receivers. Um, kind of surprised they didn't go to Berkovici in in this ball game. But uh, Arizona State, uh, they're looking pretty good. I think they're definitely the favorite to to take the Pac-12 South crown. Agreed. All right, Kyle. Uh, let's do some quick top twenty-five games. Let's just let's uh, just go right to our final four, and uh, we'll talk about the twenty-five games via that. You cool with that? 
All right, let's do it. All right, hold on. What's that? Sports with Teeth Hypothetical Selection Committee. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. I mean, if Tyrone Willingham could do it, then how hard can it be? Ah, yes. Another edition of the Sports with Teeth Playoff Hypothetical Playoff Committee. Um, the committee met today. They announced their um, top four. If the season ended today, they have Mississippi State number one, Florida State number two, War Eagle, Auburn Tigers number three, and the Oregon Ducks number four. War, we're not talking about if the season ended today. We're talking about what's actually going to happen. We're doing projections here. Who are your final four teams going to be uh, at the end of the season? Well, Kyle, I mean, the big the big changer in mine from last week is uh, dropped Old Miss, added Mississippi State in, mm-hmm. uh, and that is all surrounding Auburn's big win over uh, over the Rebels in uh, in uh, Oxford mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, Laquan Treadwell, man, that was tough to watch. He goes into the end zone for the go ahead score. They're going to mm-hmm. win the game. Everything's going to be good in, uh, in Rebel Land. And uh, the Egg Bowl is still the biggest game of the season. And then he gets hit in the leg, breaks his leg, drops the ball before it crosses the plane, and uh, fumble recovered by Mississippi State. Uh, or, sorry, recovered by Auburn. Oh, Auburn man. wins the game. That, that had to be rough, one of the most work. crushing losses I think I've ever seen. I, I'm not an old Miss fan by any means. I was kind of rooting for him just because of Dr. Bo. Um, but, man, I just felt for those old Miss fans. I couldn't imagine being being down in Oxford as a student or a alumni of old Miss watching that game. That's just got to be brutal. I know. It's your national championship hopes, and they're pretty much gone. Just dashed. Uh, in one, one little second right there. Ugh. One little brutal. break, break of a bone. And, you did uh, see uh, Bo Wallace put up some good numbers in that one, but so you got, so you knocked Old so, Miss out of your top four. Yeah, so I knocked Old Miss out. Um, I've got Mississippi State. I think they win the Egg Bowl. They're going to the SEC uh, championship. They had they had quite um, a squeaker this week against Arkansas, but yeah, yeah, they did, they mm-hmm. did. But um, uh, I, you know, Dak Prescott's probably in that Heisman contender mm-hmm. conversation as well. Um, I don't think they have to win the SEC, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they'll probably still be in it, even if they lose the Egg Bowl and, and Auburn ends up going to the the uh, SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they probably will still, um, especially with a win over Ole Miss. Um, they already beat Auburn, which is a huge win, huge win over definitely. another another playoff team. So um, I've got Mississippi State. I've still got Auburn in there. I think they win the Iron Bowl and they're in. Uh, they're probably not going to get to play in the SEC championship game because Mississippi State's going to take their spot out of the West. Um, uh-huh. But I still think they've got a good enough resume that they'll make it. Um, Oregon. Wait, Ward, uh, do, you have, do you have two teams from the SEC in your Final Four? I do. Uh, my, new, my new drop, uh, the best teams in the country, they down South, Paul. Uh, anytime one of us puts an SEC team in our Final Four, we're going to play that one. <laughs> All right, I like it. <laughs> so I you like got it. Mississippi State, Auburn. Who's your third team in there? Uh, I've got I've got the Yucks, the Ducks out of Oregon. Uh, they're pretty much showing that they're one of the top teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still hope, still hope that they will not make it. Uh, Arizona State's going to have to play a really good game at Levi Stadium. To beat Oregon and uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, but I, I just I'm not going to bet against Oregon mm-hmm. for the rest of the season as long as they've got that uh, that tackle back for them. They've been a different team, so yeah. Um, so I've got Oregon, and then uh, Florida State survived their toughest test of the season this weekend. Oh man, um, or their toughest remaining test, should I say, uh, beating Louisville in a Thursday night game. God, uh, what a game! Yeah, crazy things were always going to happen in that game. Louisville jumps out to a, a were, were they up 21-0 or 21-7? 21-0 in the in the second quarter. Zip. Yeah, uh crazy game. Jameis Winston really turned it on that second half. Uh unfortunately, America's sweetheart there uh leading the Florida State Seminoles to an 8-0 record with a big come from behind road victory. Um yeah. Not very happy yeah. about that one. <laughs> 
they've they don't have anybody left on their schedule. They're playing. They do have Miami, playing. who's sneaky good with Duke Johnson as their running back. I've never rooted for the U personally, but I'm going to be rooting hard for them in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. They've got uh, Virginia at home, at Miami, Boston College at home, and Florida at home to uh, close out the Florida, season. Florida that did knock off Georgia was, this week. I was just going to say no, quick, wild quick game. little little one before I before I'm done with my picks. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. That uh, Florida beating Georgia in the world's largest outdoor co- outdoor cocktail party, which uh, Kyle, we got to go to that sometime, sometime. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, Florida throws six passes in a in a route of of Georgia. Really, that was that was pretty pretty crazy. So you have your four: Mississippi State, Auburn, Oregon, and Florida State. Uh, hard to disagree with you there. I have three of those same teams. I have Auburn in there. Yeah, I mean, I think Auburn, uh, I think they're probably the best team in the country right now. Big uh, road victories at K-State and at um, Ole Miss. Hard to argue there. Uh, I also think Gus Malzahn made some sort of deal with the devil um, before last season. They've gotten these crazy, crazy wins. Uh, you know, obviously the the miracle at Jordan-Hare with their big Hail Mary against Georgia last year, the kick six, uh, and then this game was crazy. Um, last weekend so I got them in there I also have Florida State in there uh, I have Oregon in there uh, they they're looking a heck of a lot better with their offensive line back healthy uh, Marietta my Heisman pick right now and then in the fourth spot you have Mississippi State who is is the number one team in the country right now I don't I am not sold on them yet they still have to go to Tuscaloosa and to Oxford um, in the in the remainder of their schedule so I think that TCU is going to get it done this week against K-State run the table as a 11 and one big 12 champion. I think they get in, um, over, uh, a second sec West team. So, so Kyle, what, what do you think is going to happen if, if, <laughs> if Mississippi time. state, yeah, it's hypothetical time. You know, we love these in, in our hypothetical mm-hmm. playoff committee. Uh, if Mississippi state goes to the sec championship and loses, which is what I'm assuming is probably going to have to happen to keep them out. Uh, I mean, they're either gonna have to lose at Auburn or, uh, sorry, at Alabama and at Oxford. Well, what I'm projecting, go. I'm projecting is that they they lose both those games. Okay, so saying. you're not even taking them to go. You're taking Auburn to go to the SEC championship game. Yeah, I think Auburn runs runs the table uh, and wins the SEC. Okay. The real okay. doomsday right. scenario. Like the real doomsday scenario is the one where there ends up being a five way five way um, two loss tie for the SEC West. You want to hear how that happens? You heard yeah, about this? Lay it on me. I've I've read it, but I need to uh, I need to. Uh, I'm need to spitballing this off, off the top of my head, so uh, we'll see if I can make it right. But uh, LSU has to beat Alabama this week and win out, um, okay. so they end up with two losses. Alabama beats Mississippi State but loses to Auburn, um, so they have two losses. Georgia beats Auburn, and then Auburn obviously goes beats Alabama, so they have two losses as well. Uh, Mississippi State loses to Alabama. And to Old Miss, Old Miss wins out. There's a five-way, two-loss uh, um, tie for first place in the SEC West. Um, yeah, that'd be crazy, but semi-possible. Yeah, we might have to do a little bit more research and see who would actually go oh. to the championship oh. game. But I, I have I done was... this research for oh. because oh, why? Like because I'm a degenerate college football fan, and uh, the winner of the five-way tiebreaker would be based off of opponents. Um, sec east opponents records so basically how strong were the teams that you played in the sec east the edge there goes to auburn because they played south carolina and georgia um although it does does have have to do with how the rest of the season plays out but they would probably be the favorite there both mississippi schools get docked because they played vanderbilt so they wouldn't be in it so you're looking at probably auburn or alabama damn crazy Crazy. Crazy. I love the re- love the inside research there. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's, so that'd be wild. Um, gonna be fun to watch. Uh, TCU, I have as my fourth team. Uh, they had the big win at West Virginia. I thought there was gonna be some couch burning, but they ended up coming back, winning late uh, in what was another great game on Saturday. So. Uh, big weekend of college football coming up this weekend. You got, I think, six top 25 matchups Notre Dame, Arizona State, uh, TCU, K State. Uh, help me here. What else we got? Big big games uh, coming up. Let me pull up the schedule. But we got, we got Texas A&M 
and Auburn. We've got uh, Utah, 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 Oregon. Oh, that's be, the late night game. That's that could be a trap for the Ducks. That Huge things trap. could get weird. Uh, LSU, Bama, uh, yeah. TCU, K K State. You got Michigan State, Ohio State. Baylor, Lots Oklahoma. Really games. Baylor, Baylor Oklahoma. Oklahoma. A little tarnish on that after we thought it was going to be a huge game. but Yeah, I thought that was going to be a playoff decider yeah, game right definitely. there, but not anymore. Big Saturday um, coming up. Fun Saturday last week. Uh, huge game for the Dogs. We both think they're going to get it done against a, a sneaky Jekyll and Hyde uh, UCLA team. These two teams have kind of had a similar trajectory this year of, of you know kind of looking good some weeks, looking bad some weeks. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Jack versus Shaq. Uh, what more can we say? Not a lot, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> good podcast. We're uh, we're pretty much right on schedule here. Um, as always, if you guys are still listening to us, thank you so much. Um, make sure to follow us on all the social media. You guys know the accounts. Uh, check out our new design and uh, hit us up next week if there's anything you want to talk about. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers, y'all. This has been the Sports with Teeth podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, and until next time, adios, amigos.